You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, Head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 139B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr., and folks, we'll get right into it today. My next guest can be seen weeknights on Sportsnet and is a best-selling author of multiple books, including Dennis Marouk, The Unforgettable Story of Hockey's Forgotten 60-Goal Man, Hockey Card Stories 1 and 2, One Night Only, One to Remember, amongst others. He can also be seen from time to time wheeling around the ice, showing off his skills at charity games like last week's Hockey Day in Canada. He's a gifted public speaker and one of the world's most respected hockey card collectors. He is a valuable voice, a terrific talker, a real good writer, a decent dangler, an awesome author, a nice Nova Scotian. He shoots real hard and collects hockey cards. He's got great looks and enjoys writing books. Toronto is his placement, and he's been to the basement. He enjoys watching Rocky and is decent at hockey. How do you do? He's charitable, too. He swings a big bat and is a good-looking cat. He wears a nice toque and likes Dennis Marouk. Folks, when I fought Domi, he made me bleed. And please welcome to the show. It's Ken Killer Reed. There he is. That's the best intro I've ever had on the. I, I feel like I'm uh, I'm Marv Albert and you're Letterman because I'm here about every four weeks. And, you are. and that and I am wearing a toque today, so that was awesome, buddy. Mm. That was wicked. 
I assumed. And by the way, I took Penny Lane to her first um, that NHL so game awesome. last week. It was it was yeah. awesome. But I assume it was Hockey Day in Canada. You guys did right? Yes. Okay, because yes. I saw. I I wasn't aware during because there was a mm-hmm. lot of chaos mm-hmm. and good good chaos. It was a lot all pot of positive energy. But I saw the highlights yes. when I came back. And um, was it a bit of fun or what? It was awesome, buddy. It's uh, it's my Super Bowl. It's my Grey Cup. It's my honestly, it's my favorite thing to do. I would, I can say this. I will say this. I would rather do uh, Scotiabank Hockey Day in Canada than uh, than the Olympics. I honestly would, because it's pure and it's pure hockey. And we did it in Cornerbrook a few years ago. I'm still yeah. in touch with some people I met in Cornerbrook. And it, as you know, Terry, it's it's the people, right? People make hockey, and it was funny. You know, we were on. We did the banquet and. You know, you do all the hot stoves and people yeah. accumulate their goals and assists, but they end up talking about people. And, you know, you play your alumni game on on uh, Friday night and it's like Theo Peckham. And I, I just met the guy and it was like I knew him for 50 years. You know, I, w- I went in with a wheelie bag, Terry. So, oh, wow. What did yeah. they say about that? You didn't oh, get shit from Darcy Tucker about that? Oh, buddy. After we lost, just walking back across the parking lot with Tucker chirping me as people walk by going, Reed, you got a wheelie bag? I have a good excuse because my son got a new bag this year, and he had a wheelie bag because he's a goalie. So he got a new bag this year, and I'm like, you know, I'm 48, and I'm like, I probably shouldn't be doing this, right? It's kind of one of those drug ads from when we were kids. Don't do drugs, but you kind of do it anyway. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to pay the price for this wheelie bag. And I got chirped. As soon as Anthony Stewart saw it, he was just like, oh, my God. So I knew. I knew I did the wrong thing. And I deserved every chirp I got for it. And yeah, it was it was bad. But I knew it, it, I did the wrong thing, he says. Yeah. Yeah. But I met I met so many great people at hockey day. And it was just it's one of those things where just everybody there is is so nice. And they're all there because they love the game. Nobody's there because they hate hockey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. just it's one of those events and you're just meeting people left and right. I met I met a guy, I bet you might have came across him in, in your minor league days, but he actually might have been he might have been a little too old for you then. But um he, yeah, he played in the O around probably around nineteen ninety. And it, it ends up he's an author now. And uh he was a tough guy in the O. I'm gonna find you his name, but it's just it's just it's just amazing to, to play at hockey day and I just I just loved every minute of it. it was a tough crazy. guy in the O in nineteen ninety, he would have had yeah. to be real tough. Yeah, exactly. that's right in the sweet spot of the bat. You know? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll find it for you. But it was just, it was just awesome. It was just so. Awesome. Where was it? Owen Sound. Like, Oxy. like you can't. Like the thing about Hockey Day is, if you go to a big city, it's lost. If you go to a little town, it's the event. Like Kenora was the perfect size. Owen Sound was the perfect size. Um, Yellowknife was the perfect size, and Owen Owen Sound was absolutely perfect. The weather was perfect. It was around, you know. Zero minus one the whole time. It was just it was only it was, OHL was city I have been to. Oh really? And it, honestly, it reminded me of Cornerbrook. Like it was just you know about twenty thousand people. Um, great rank, rank of forty three hundred. You know, in a town of in a town of twenty thousand. So you packed a yeah. rank one in five people in, t- in town are there. They had a high school game on the uh, on the Friday afternoon. It was sold out. It was amazing. And I'm like. You know, but the game's different now, right? There was no hitting, and I'm like, boys, if it's high school hockey, I played high school hockey. You're not going to the NHL. Somebody hammer somebody, and the girls it used to be the most hits. That was it. Oh. That was you know, and everybody was kind of aware that. Yeah, I don't know. Our 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 high school hockey was kind of like 
high school football in the States, like there was, there, you know, you most people knew that they probably weren't going to play in front of a big crowd again. Again, we Correct. had big crowds. You had to get there earlier. You weren't going to get in. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing in front of a big crowd in your high school, you're a scrub. We played Saturday night, Friday yeah. nights at Stellarton Rink. You hit you somebody hit everything and tried to impress the ladies. So I'm like, boys, get, hit, hit somebody, you know, get, get the ladies all riled up here. But there wasn't a lot of hitting, unfortunately. Well, that part's yeah, that part's changed. That's, uh, the, that's the game now, right? And that's, was it? How did the game work? Was it NHLers versus locals? Was it both sides, NHL and, and yeah, our, the our, our celeb game was uh, Tucker, Darcy, and I drafted for one team, and Wendell drafted for Lanny's team. So we had to split up about half NHLers, half mm -hmm. alumni from Owen Sound. Ivanka and I are in there somehow. Ron, of course, is playing. Um, we <laughs> had if you. Darcy and I drafted based on the bios. If we saw recently retired, we drafted you. So we had all the young, like we had, oh my, I don't know. We had Andrew Shaw. We had Joey Hishin. Andrew Shaw's coming on the show next week. Oh, please tell him I said hello. Great fellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going to, uh, we were going to do it last week. This week. He's doing a bunch of alumni stuff, so he's coming on. But I, oh, I don't know great. him. He was just one of my favorite players when he played. Oh, and, yeah. I can see why he loved him as a player. Loved him as a player. Loved him yeah. as a player. And he yeah. was coached by a good friend, Terry Virtue, okay. who, um, who is a legend of the minor leagues, did, did play a few up top. And uh, I was up doing an alumni event uh, in Goose Bay a couple weeks ago. Saw that. And uh, his name came up. So I was like, you know what? And I just kind of reached out. And he said, no problem. He uh, yeah. he tunes in here and there. I didn't realize that. Oh, we good. Had a good chat. Yeah, he's, he's, living, uh, he's living in the county, which is just outside of Belleville, which is uh, where we got a place out there. So we're not that far away. But, man, he let a shot go. And you know what it's like when you play against the alumni guys. They're going at about 5%. We had Bobby Ryan. I mean, just beautiful, awesome, awesome hockey player. Fantastic kid. Really nice guy. At his peak, but, he was one of my favorite players oh, to watch. So big. Player, and he, right? he had a Lemieux thing about him, too, right? Yep. Like, he was big, and he pulled it in that reach. Oh, yeah, he did that once. and But we lost a bunch of old guys. But you know what it's like. The boys aren't going that hard. But uh, oh, yeah. it, it was a blast. Anytime, anytime a scrub like me can play in a game like that. But my best move of the night, TR, you'll like this, is we had a power play, and my line was coming up, and I just yelled out, Ryan Fareed. And so I sat and Bobby went out. So that was the best movie. But I did get robbed. I did get robbed at one point. So, you know, I had my um, chances. I'm going with those guys next week. Wendell Clark's over here. Wendell Clark and friends. I guess I'm one of the friends. Uh, I got oh, you're the one of the friends. What event's what yeah. that? Um, it's, a, it's an iteration of the alumni stuff. We're playing in Clarenville, Twillingate, Springdale. I know it's I know it's Wendell Clark. I know it's Ally Afraidy. Oh and I know God. it's uh, Rick Vive. And I see those guys at a lot of these alumni stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you never know. A couple of years ago, Colt Knorr came. It was nice to meet him. It's he usually those boy? three are the common denominators. And Howard yep. Chuck used to be, and now he's gone. Yeah, that, um, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. What a yes, great guy. Absolutely. Need a, need a stick boy? <laughs> well, probably in Truro. Me and, me and Corson are doing one in, in Truro on February 10th. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. I don't awesome. know what that one is. I just know it's mm -hmm. him and I. I got the uh, email. I'm not trying to be ignorant. I can't remember the gent's name. I've I've had a lot of those things lately. I'll find it out in a second. Yeah, I'm the and same. And he asked to come over. It's it's maybe some local celebration. And he awesome. asked me in course. I don't know who else. Beautiful. But. Well, Wendell can tell you how horrible I looked in the Owen Sound because I... I used to have my moments, buddy, but it's over. I got a wheelie bag. It's over. You're not it's, bad out there. Were you wearing your uh, Jofa bucket? 
I had my Jofa bucket on, but it's bad now, buddy. Like I played, that's the first time I played in a year, basically. In a Man. year? Oh, God. I, I play five times a week. Yeah, I wish I played five times a week. All I, at like noon and shit. I, I don't like going at night and I got right. too much to do. So, so for anybody listening wonders why I don't play, I work nights. So I'm screwed. Yeah, right? we happen to have a skate here that like yeah. a lot of the ex-pros and senior hockey players, and it's, it's a work day. A lot of them are working, but we just do it at lunch. Perfect. And it's really, really fortunate, man, because I, it's a perfect time to get up, make some notes. Usually I'm today I'm studying. Uh, I'm doing an audition. That's another thing. So yeah. I got an agency in downtown Toronto, Ambition Talent, and they've been great. Yeah. Normally, I, being in the acting union, I get emails for anything local that comes through and I'll audition. Mm -hmm. But they have access, of course, to national stuff and international stuff. So I've been getting a few more auditions. But awesome. now I'm realizing, now I'm realizing what a real actor's life is like. You're not, a, yeah, right. Around here, it's a layup. They need a stunt, I'll do it. You know what? Rather than flying someone from Toronto, we need we need guy to say three lines on Hudson and Rex. He needs to do a you know get hit by the dog. Maybe yeah. give Terry a call, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or I look and do some background. Or it's usually people around here. I know everybody. It's it's not a lack of work. It's just um, they kind of know going in. So the auditions sometimes I don't even do them that professionally. You but are now, you are to acting what? in Newfoundland what I am to a guest on this show. They just you just get a call and you're like yeah I'll do it. Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah, I'll do it. Right, and I do the I do the auditions. You got to do them th through the union. You have to do an audition. I I, I believe that's the way it works, and some sure. of them anyway. It's like Shorzy. I I believe I haven't asked Jarrett, but it seemed like that was kind of written, thinking that I was going to be. I mean, how many that first rounders? First first rounder with no tooth yeah. from Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. Yeah, that was in the NHL. Yeah. Um, but anyway, now I'm realizing it. So you know, ambitioner. They're sending me over everything that comes down that I'm, I'm and I, I did get one. It's a movie coming out soon, a you. lifetime movie. It was going to be called Made to Kill, but there was already a movie called that coming out, so we're going to change it. But but anyway, so you never know. But today I get six pages of like a lot of dialogue. Oh my god, I don't know how you do that. A lot, a lot. Of, and, and there's like a monologue. There's there's a lot of banter. I'm like, okay, this is what goes down. So I have to get up pretty much daily for, and and, and you know. At eight or nine, and well, I get up with Penny Lane at six, but from yeah. eight or nine till till around noon, I'm I'm going over some level of lines or, right. And with that comes, you know, acting classes. I do them online. It's not all like how to act either. It's like you know how do you breathing approach each situation. How do you breathe? That's a big one. Yeah. Um, you know which how to remember those things. So now I've realized I just. Um, I, I do the scene into my phone and then I play it over and over and over and over That's and awesome. over and over. Yeah, there's tricks to the trade, right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, now I'm realizing what it's really like. I'm a bad actor. We just did the Chevy Good Deeds Cup ad and I I had like three lines. I, I'm not good at memorizing lines. I can ad lib on camera all day long. As you know, that's what I do for a living. But You've said comes, that before and people have asked me, I, yeah. I, I dropped that you might come on. Yeah, so a lot of that, what you're doing is ad libbing. Yeah. Yeah. Just ad libbing. I mean, I'm just making it up as I go. I mean, the best, uh, I think the best uh, job you can do as an anchor is just be honest. And when you're ad libbing, you're honest. So like last night we come out of that Ottawa, pardon me, out of the Leafs Rangers game and you know, you're coming out of the game and you're up, you can't script it. Um, if you're scripted, yeah. you're faking it. So it's like, Hey, wow. The Leafs really came on there the last 10 minutes and overtime only last 19. Like I'm not looking to break it down. That's that's what the that's what the pros do. So then we throw it to the panel. But I'm I'm just reacting to the game like 
like anybody else would, except See, I don't have a beer in my hand. There's something to be said for that. The reaction, and I, more and more now, well, I guess for the last five or six years, I mean, I've, I've always done some level of public speaking. It's just that at the beginning, like when I first came home and I was hurt and I was down on my luck and yeah. it was almost like, um, you know, I, I was speaking at banquets about like, you know, what you should do if you want to stay there. And now it's all, it's, it's, it's stuff about Shorzy. It's about acting. It's about writing mm -hmm. books or whatever. It's, there's a little more joy to it now, but a little more, there's a little more joy in your life now. Well, you got it. You've got it. And it's more reactionary and I like it better. I, I went down to rapid. Yeah. Well, what did I do before Christmas rapid city in Pittsburgh and Boston, but in rapid city. Um, and I said, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm going to, and I've seen Jerry D do it. Just go out mm -hmm. and he'll have an act. We we like we were in places across Canada. Like I remember in 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 uh, what's it, the GM Center? Is it in Oshawa? Yep. And there was like almost five thousand people there. It was for the most part, you know, full. Yep. And he he had an act there that he yep. could go to, but he just started riffing, and then. Yep. There was a heckler, and it wasn't really, I could say a heckler, but it, w it wasn't really putting him down. It was, the guy was talking a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. He would react about it, and then Jerry just let him have it, and then let him, and then he was there with a the girl, and he cut the guy up, and then he cut the girl up, and there, and it was a back and forth for about 45 minutes, man. And I found it, and he's like, I love when that happens, because it's organic. Well, there's so, a saying in comedy. My brother does the same thing for people listening. He's a comic yeah. as well. Yeah, Peter he Anthony. is. And there's a saying in comedy when you, when you go to do these things. Your act is what you do when you have nothing to say. Right? Because wow. you, you got your polished 45 down. You got your polished hour down. With the real pros like Jerry, my brother, I'll put him in there too. They can go out. Like my brother will do, you know, he does the yuck yucks thing. He does the appearing yeah. in, you know, Halifax, this. But then he'll do the corporate gigs, right? We use a yeah. corporate gig. So he say he's he just did a gig the other night at Katy University for the Nova Scotia Agriculture or something. Yeah. He said he did 45 minutes just riffing with the crowd. Because yeah. your act is what you do when you got nothing to say. And I'm sure you're at that point. Well, you your, I, I enjoy it. I, it was it was hard for me to break off from it. But yeah. now it's because now it's confidence to break off. It's confidence. It. And and I was looking at the you're exactly right. Though I, I hung out with your brother a couple of nights up there, and there was some and I did go. Um, I remember Michelle Shaughnessy. I learned a lot from her. Uh, yeah. Tyler McDonald. Um, there's there, your, your, your brother. There was a few more that were influential. I don't even think they realized it really because I would just go out to these places and watch. And I, I remember saying to myself, like, this is – I can do that in everyday life. That's, that's what kind of makes me tick. But mm -hmm. here I get on stage – and they were almost the opposite. A lot of them, I remember Michelle being yeah. self-conscious about her act a little bit. And I was like, Michelle, like, my God, you're you're great. Like, I'm the one here. But it would change. When we get there, on the way there, I would be talking. People would be high-fiving. Go, Habs, go. I got all yeah. these stories. I'm reacting. like it's. And on the way in, and, and the comedians, you know, they were comedians. They were doing whatever. They were approaching it like I went to a hockey game. But, you know, they were. But then once they went on stage. They became the, almost a different person, some of them. Right. And I would go up there and have this story written in my head and mm -hmm. be afraid to break from it, right? Yep. And Absolutely. now I realize to, to, to maybe have those there just in case and to break the stories down into segments because I yeah. got to know when to come back to it. There's an that's, art to it. Yeah. Well, that's great because um, being on stage and, and my brother and his comedy career, it kind of parallels my TV career a lot because we both start in a small place. 
We're both kind of doing what you think you have to do. He's doing what he thinks he has to do to be a comedian. I'm doing what I think I have to do to be a TV guy. But you get to the point when you realize my favorite audio slave line, to be yourself is all that you can do. But that takes supreme confidence to be able to just, okay, instead of just reading from the teleprompter and scripting all this out, I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to be react. It's react. Instead of just going with the, the comedy act I've written, uh, I've written yeah. all my jokes. But instead of just doing that, I've got a chance to riff and just go off. I've got to believe that I'm funny enough to do that. So that it's, it's they, they quite parallel each other. So You're the best right. comedians, they'll, they'll, they'll do both, right? Like it's, it's pretty awesome to watch. And, and I'll do both, right? I'll read off the teleprompter for certain parts, but you got to ad lib a lot. Like the, the days of a, of a sports anchor coming out of a game and going, well, the Leafs sure look good in their 3-2 win over the, the Rangers. That gives them, and look down at your note, seven wins in their last eight games. Like that'll come up. But, you know, if you just yeah, see know. a, a magical too. overtime winner like Marner got where he just starts pumping the feet, you got to react yeah. off that. Totally. And that was, by the way, what a goal. Oh, hey. my God. That, didn't it look like beer league when everyone's standing and you're waiting for somebody to pump their legs and he just, okay, I'll do it. You know, yeah. I'll go. And the way he read the situation. Yeah. This is what, when I, and I, I'm so glad that goal happened because in the summertime, I do some work with, with yeah, I do I do train some kids going away and I and I jump in at the um at a at, at a local hockey school here. So mm-hmm. Wally Bray's hockey school. So I I I try to explain to the kids well, first of all, an observation, I find the best skaters got the puck more, so they really develop, right? So the kids and they and they ask me like maybe how to do a one-on-one. And, and so many times in practice, you know, and usually to say the best skaters will just blow by the D or whatever. And I, I hate when that happens because they're not really learning anything. They're just a better skater at 10 years old. Yeah. And, you know, the guy, maybe maybe their opponent, the guy or girl, whoever, there's girls in her. Um, and, and they're ice dogs is what we call the ice dogs. So And they're going, um, they, they might just be better skaters, but they're not going to get much better that way. But when you get a situation like Marner last night, like he comes mm-hmm. into the zone, we're doing three on three. I find it's not just the players that can skate straight ahead. I'm like, you got to buy yourself some time and there's ways to do that. And it doesn't mean like 80 feet time. It means like just a fraction of a second. If it, and he came in over the line and he stopped yep. and he, almost, he didn't quite, but he stopped. He kind of looked. Yeah. And then his feet went 10 and two, right. And he sized up the situation and now you can't really challenge him. Be too much because he's going to burn you. He's Mitch Mariner, but you got it. And just when he sees those feet stop for a second, from what he's looking down at the puck, not at the puck, he's looking up, but he sees those six feet, and you could see him. And he just as soon, as soon, I think it might have been, oh God, uh, Panarin maybe it, it, it was out there, but a couple of the guys like were hesitant for a second, and then that he just went and took he took his space. That's all yeah. it took. Yeah. And he's so brilliant at it, but it's not, I say to people, it's not always his hockey IQ. It's the way he's skating and he does it. Pavel Bure did it real well because he was such a bullet, but his agility was crazy, yeah. right? And he'd stop and all of a sudden you're like, Jesus, it's Pavel Bure. And he's as agile as he is fast. Yeah. So that's, that's what, dangerous. That's what Wayne would do, right? It wasn't always all out. Take a Wayne is the most underrated ever. I mean, he would always right. put himself down. I'm not good at breakaways. I'm not good right, at skating. Not good at skating. But he'd bust <laughs> out. But then he'd kind of lean back, and then then he'd take his look. But then maybe he'd go again. And that was the that was the brilliance, right? It's not always 
it doesn't have to be Russian rocket Pavel Bure one into the under other zero to sixty, right? Sometimes no, it, not at go, all. It's just buying yourself that little bit of room, right? You go and, from you can go from first to third, but then back to two, and then you know you can just just read it, and that's like I mean best. with McDavid. Um, I thought last year in the playoffs he made other guys better, but you can see him now. I think sometimes you watch him, it's like those individual goals he gets are incredible. But sometimes when he's with the boys going up the ice, he'll just take that second, yeah. just take her down a notch and wait and wait and wait. And that, that's going to create room. So that, yeah. that's totally and what you, Marner did. You can almost see um, the defenders getting nervous because they're yep. like, okay, this is all of a sudden a little bit too easy against McDavid. And then, right. and then he'll you, turn it. it Right. If you know he's just going to come down with speed, you're like, okay, he might burn me, but at least I know what he's going to do. But if he can throw in that element of, I might just slow it down a little, then, then bang or make a pass. And to me, and that's not, not to pump bang. your boy or your province too much here, but I think one of the things that's probably the biggest thing that I love about Crosby, that 10 and two stance, like he comes yeah. in that zone. Yeah. It's not so much like when I think McDavid, I can see him rushing end to end out of his own zone. Yeah. Crosby has the puck on his stick. He must, but I just don't remember those. I remember him in the zone going back and forth and back and forth. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden you lose him for a fraction of a second. He knows he's thinking ahead of you. He's probably, well, I mean, that's why he's my number five player of all time. Yeah. Well, can we sound like really old guys? Because when we were, when I was a kid, I'm sure you were the, the same. The old guys always talked about the backhand, the backhand, the backhand, the backhand. Yeah, they were they were so right. Crosby yeah. is the only guy in the league that does like a Colby Armstrong half clap, but on the backhand. Yeah, he scored on it the other night, and it's just like when we were taught backhand, it was always sweep the puck. He just whacks it. I just I just love his backhand. Can't get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I never slapped at it. Vinny Domfus would do that. I all, never all, did that. Yeah. I couldn't do it. The slap backhand, but Crosby Vinny, does it with one hand on his stick a lot. Yeah, a lot. Vinny could do that. Vinny Domfus could do that. Vinny Domfus had the slap backhand, and he would he would practice it consciously after. I thought maybe, you know, a few times he did it in camp, and it was like maybe it's just like reactionary. But no, he would yeah. sit there after, and you uh, you you. I remember Breezer used to Patrice Breezer pass him out of the corner. Mm -hmm. Vinny would like. Kind of get it, but he, he he would not one time it on his he'd take it on his forehand, but he'd like kind of punch it maybe four feet in front of him and then and walk it. onto it and slap the backhand. And yeah, maybe I, I'm gonna say he did at least thirty of those most practices. So no wonder people get better, right? And well, I looked down at his stick it. and it was like it was just straight. Really, he had like a Gilmore kind of thing. Yeah, like Crosby does, right? Yeah, like, he doesn't uh, have a curve at all, hardly. Not much of a curve. Yeah. Um, and I believe Patrick I, Kane is the same way. Well, I look at a Crosby stick, and, uh, and it's like, how can you shoot the way you shoot with that? Because he has a good shot. It's not like looking at Ryan Smith's stick. Ryan's stick was like a canoe paddle on the end of his on the yeah. end of a branch. It was it shoveling was like, it in, the, yeah. right? But Ryan lived a foot off the goal line, shoveling it in. So the stick worked. But when you see a guy like a Gilmore's blade or a Crosby's blade or a damn Foose, you're like. And they can still snipe. I'm like, how can you do that? I, don't I know it, it. Crosby takes a slapper, and mm -hmm. it's wild. Like he must. I think strength. with a little bit more of a yeah, it's strength, and he's he wants to be because he's obviously as accurate as you could get. He it's no fluke that these like he consistently takes these shots that you go, okay, did he really try to put it there? But it's Sidney Crosby, and after all I these years, yes, he did. I think. 
I don't know. With me, when I'm shooting it with a stick that's straighter, I don't quite get as much velocity. But he's quite comfortable use? with that. What do you use for curve? I've got, you know what I use? Right now, what I've since Shorzy and I've been working with True, so True send me sticks and I use the Mariner from the other side. But yeah. I was using what I would buy for years um, is the was the Crosby, but it wasn't the Crosby. The Crosby right. they sell in the store right. is just like the Paul Coffee hook. Right, and the coffee curve isn't what coffee used. He's, it isn't, right? No, but but you know the curve, curve I'm talking about because that's yeah, where they sell it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. so the, the stick I would use for all those years, technically Crosby, but it wasn't. Anyway, right. people know what I'm talking about. It was just a normal, a normal hook. I tried everything else, and you know, I would get into my own head, like, well, what if I had a heel curve and then I'd go out and like shoot it five miles an hour and faster how, and I'd like I don't that. Know how guys use a heel curve. I don't either. And then no. like it would take one time in the game that I'd flub a pass and go fuck this. And I just, you know, it's just the classic kind of feel, but that's what I went for. Yep. Uh, and I like I like the toe curve because it helps me lift the puck because I can't raise it. Well, here's the other thing, Kim. When I <laughs> that's kind of true actually. It does help you lift it. it when I was playing in yeah, junior, my first few years pro, which you know is the bulk of my kind of peak. Well, I was using the Sherwood fifty thirty. Yes, and I, I would get them painted black, but that's what I was wear, using, and yeah. it it was more straight than like it was kind of like Vinny's stick. It, but then when when all this came in with Toe Dragon, like I yeah. I don't know if I ever. If someone said the word toe drag to me in the 90s, I don't know that I would have known what they were talking about. People did it. We used to call Jeremy Hart. Yeah, uh, it was you know, a move. It was a move. It was a move. You, yeah. yeah, we used to call him the franchise because he could do it and nobody else could. But and I remember trying and go, that's neat. But your stick was so heavy. Yeah. It just didn't, it, it just didn't seem to be an important part of your toolbox. And Plus, then as soon as you tried to do it, you'd be beheaded. You'd be, yeah. You, if you tried it and it didn't work, you'd be dead. It just wasn't worth it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden it changed. And with that, Ryan Klo, when he was coming out, I was I remember going, Holy shit. He was the first local that I saw that came in kind of with that one piece yeah. where Ryan was probably about forty now. Um, so I guess when I was twenty three or twenty four, he was eighteen or nineteen, and uh, I was wow, I couldn't believe it. He needed to work on his skating, but was he ever a magician with the puck? And uh, yeah. I started using his stick, which was similar, and boy, it made a hell of a difference. I became right. a better stick handler playing senior in my twenties. But that was the game was changing, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I want to know a couple things. Um, yeah. So you, I guess now, <clears throat> you got to follow all the sports. But I don't get a sense from your books or from, you know, knowing you that you were into football early. So when did you get into it? Or were you and you just don't talk about it? NFL? Yeah. Like CFL? Uh, wasn't really when I hear about you and your, your passionate childhood, it's often hockey's dominant. But I do hear right. baseball and baseball cards. And, you know, you, you know a lot of the classic characters, mm -hmm. even wrestling. But I don't yeah, hear you yeah. talk about football much. No, nah, I wasn't into football much as a kid. Uh, the best football moment we had as a kid was uh, we'd play tackle every once in a while. And we still talk about the time Mark Harone crosslined Craig Clark. You know, it was like a, it was, <laughs> it was a blatant clothesline. That led to a good fight. Like, oh, yeah. it was awesome. It was awesome. It led but, to a good fight. Yeah, my buddy Mark was always in the fights. But now nah, we'd play a couple times a fall, just if you saw it on TV. But 
growing up in the Maritimes, football wasn't a big thing. Um, for me, I never really got into the CFL until I moved to Calgary and I became a reporter when I was a sports reporter at Calgary because McMahon Stadium was a blast, man. The beers were 450. It was a good time. Stamps were big. And honestly, here in Toronto, I it's it sounds sacrilegious, but you wouldn't even know the Argonauts exist. Like, it's yeah. not even a thing. People here are into the NFL, so... Yeah, for me, I was never, I never grew up passionate about football or anything like that. I'll, I'll watch it now. I was into the betting there for a while, but I removed the apps from my phone because it was consuming my Sundays there. Yeah, that can, when it comes easy, it used to be just for me oh, go yeah. to go on a Sunday and get a pro line, maybe even yeah. on a Monday or Tuesday if a big hockey right. game. Came. It's, it's but something it to do, but uh, it's something to do. But last Sunday, I was out skating on the outdoor rink with my two kids, and that's a lot more meaningful me to me than watching television. So that was a good move, but uh, no, I, but no, it was never something I grew up with a passion for. No. What is it about? I mean, I'm in Toronto now three or four months a year, really. And I don't hear anybody ever mention the Argonauts and it's oh. such a sports city. It, it was hard to go to a restaurant and not see a Leafs Jersey or Raptors yeah. Jersey, even FC. I hear all yeah. kinds of people talking about soccer. I, I go down to Liberty Village here and there and watch a game, but I don't hear anybody. How are no. their attendants? Oh, man. Well, the old timers around here will tell you that the Argos used to be as big as the Leafs because it yeah. was a two-sport town. It was the Leafs in the winter and the Argos in the, the, the summer. And you have to remember, the Leafs were in a six-team league and the Argos were in an eight-team league. So they're just as big as the Leafs. Um it's like the CFL in a lot of towns. They just, they didn't lose a generation. They lost a couple of generations. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I, they say attendance is 10,000, but you watch the games on TV. There's nobody there. I wonder how many people actually paid for the tickets. And, but the thing is, there's no buzz. Like if you're going around town and there's a Leafs game, you'll hear someone say there's a Leafs game. Or if there's a Raptors game that night, you'll say someone, here's someone, there's a Raptors game. Yeah. You don't hear a word about the Argos. Um, they have a they have a small hardcore group of fans that keep them going, but it's just it's it's lost and it's sad because I mean you go to Saskatchewan and and the Rough Riders are the thing like they are the thing, but here it's 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 not even a thing. It's just it's been lost. But I think so, that might be a Toronto thing too. Toronto might look down on the CFL. Yeah, but a the CFL bit. in general. I mean, I'm ignorant to it. I watch some game. I, I wait for the playoffs just so I have an idea if anybody yeah. asks me. But, but I'm kind of uninterested. Yeah, that's uh, that might be an Eastern Canada thing. Because um, I know when I grew up, it was you know you'd watch the Great Cup, but but when I was out west, it was it was huge. I I quite enjoyed it. I love covering Great Cups. They, they're a blast to cover. It's kind of like uh, the, the, it's it's real, right? The people are real, but uh, here in Toronto, um, yeah, the Argos they don't they don't they don't register a blip. So, do you? How did it? I mean, the CFL, if they want to include all of Canada, and I mean, you would probably want that from a marketing perspective. Did I, I'm just thinking Halifax. More yeah. than anywhere, they never tried, or they didn't. Oh, they want tried it. hard. Uh, they thought they were going to get a team in the mid '80s. They even had the name, the Atlantic Schooners. So they had the name for it. There was even talk recently in Halifax about getting a team to play under the bridge on the Dartmouth side. Um, but the problem is, you got to build a stadium. Who's going to build a stadium? And 
And I, I see in Newfoundland, they're struggling to get the ambulance drivers going. And in, Newfoundland, in Nova Scotia, this, it's the same thing. The healthcare is a mess. So who's yeah. going to pay for a stadium? And of course, it being Nova Scotia, they want the government to help contribute to pay for a stadium. And it's like, look, we got we got better needs than building a football stadium. So yeah, they, well, there was a guy named J.I. Albrecht who tried to bring the CFL to, to Halifax in the mid-80s. Uh, it's popped up. There's a. There's actually. If you go to Great Cup Week, which is awesome, I highly recommend it to anyone. Yeah. There's always a. They always have the rooms in the hotels, so there'll be the, the riders' room, the, the Spirit of Edmonton party, and there's usually a, like a Halifax room for the Atlantic Schooners. But it it never happened. I think it'd be a big hit if it did. But again, somebody's got to build a twenty-five thousand seat stadium. And private money, I don't think is going to but do it. But do they? Like, where do St. Mary's play? They win the national championship once in a while. They're in the conversation. I'm yeah, sure they maybe used more. to be. Not anymore, but they play oh. on campus. It's about a 5,000-seat stadium. It's, you'd have to re-rig it, and it, it couldn't do it. There was there was talk of that for a while, but it's a small on-campus stadium. Um, and it's 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 – look – it's all about the dollars and cents, man, and it's just it's just not there at the moment. So, I hate to stay on football, but I'm curious. I mean, you you hear the vibe. Would Toronto ever get an NFL team? You you would think that they uh, would support it, but is is it too close to Buffalo? Is it a? Yeah, I know they get the talk. Buffalo game. I don't yeah, understand I that. Remember we had the Bills series there a few years but ago. But I don't understand that either. You got eight home games, and you want to burn one in Toronto? I, or why not just have a team? Well, they were hurting then, but again, if Toronto ever needed it. Never were to get a team. First off, you're talking billions of dollars to buy the team, right? And then you're talking another billion or so. I don't know, even more to build a stadium. It's one of those deals where I don't know. It's it's like everything we do. The infrastructure had to be put in place by the baby boomers who just spend money like a bunch of drunken sailors. And now we're trying to bail them all out because you can't get a needle at a hospital anymore, right? But they just yeah. built everything. So, um, true, it'd be true. awesome if it happened, but I don't, I don't see it happening anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I supposed. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add, up to 100%. I'll be keeping an eye on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'll be hoping the high-powered offense of the Philadelphia Eagles can get me some winning bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, that's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Do you think, it's way off, off uh, topic, but this fa- fascinates me, that Eric Carlson is sitting out there and having the year that he can, but it's kind of weird. It's a weird situation that hockey's put itself in. I mean, I, I get the cap and everything, but he's yeah. out there. He's a right-hand shooting defenseman. That Everybody really wants him, yeah. And, but he, like, will he get traded, you think? I, he it's probably up to won't. him. Well, it's up to him because he's got the no-movement clause. But it's even if, a, even if he to wanted a, to move tomorrow. Yeah, can they make it happen, right? Because everyone's up against the cap. Because no one has any room. 
Do you think he gets traded? Uh, I think somebody will come up with some brilliant plan to do it. Yeah, I think he probably will. Um, it's a, like, what a resurgence, right? Like, when I was looking at top scoring defensemen for the I can't start of the year, it, man. I cannot name, believe it. Right. His name wouldn't have come up on the list. Oh my God, Carlson's done. Um, yeah, I think somebody will come up with some sort of miracle capologist above my pay grade scenario where they can fit him in. But man, when we were kids, not even kids, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, the talk of trades would be, it was all you talk about. Now it's, it can't even happen. And I don't know. Like, I listen, if I could go back in time when I still implement the cap, yes, because if we didn't have the cap, we probably wouldn't have the Flames, the Jets, You're right. the Senators, the Oilers, go on and on. So is it good for Canadian hockey fans? Yes. So, but it's it's bad on the other side. The, the hot stove uh, vibe has has definitely suffered because of it. But yeah, it's just a weird that. situation. In any yeah. other sport, a guy like this sitting out there, like even the like, weird NBA soft cap, right? I yeah, NFL. I don't know how they work, but yeah, the hard cap, man. There's some there's some happy owners, but they're happy when they look at their money. I'm sure, but on the other hand, they're they're kind of you're kind of screwed because, you know, it seems the only way you can turn your team around now is to finish last and hope that that guy like Connor Bedard comes around in the draft other than, than through like, you know, um, uh, the, the flames and, and Leafs pulling off a big Dougie Gilmore trade, you know, five for five or six for four, whatever the heck it was. Matt, like I, I, I can't see anything like that ever happening again. No, no, I can't either. And it's funny when Bettman was asked a couple of days ago, would teams tank? And he's like, well, no. And he, I, I love this guy. He's brilliant because he kind of layered it as players he, and coaches don't tank. Yeah. Right? And he's like, no, the players aren't tank. Look, we know the players aren't tank. We know that right. there's contracts. They're going out there. No one's going to say, you know what, guys? I hope we get Bedard. I mean, any player could be traded tomorrow. It's ridiculous. But yeah. the way he, yeah, he's a perfect politician. He's this a guy. good lawyer. He's a good lawyer. He's and he worded good it perfectly. Because he, he, he can come out of it tank. 10 minutes later and no questions were asked. And you're like, okay. But you have. Oh, sorry. No questions were answered. Lots were none, asked. None were answered. Yeah, he's a great politician. Yeah. So, but it was, it was technically it was the correct answer. I'll give him credit. Yeah. So, and I'm looking at that fascinated because it is a lottery, and you know you're not guaranteed. You still want to give yourself the best odds if you suck, yeah. and you can't. I, I don't believe anybody's saying that, but I guess you could sit down Caulfield for the year, or you know Arizona, you know, can play players that are. You know, seven. I just, I just don't want the kid to go to Arizona or Columbus. Like, come no. on. Like, Columbus has Goudreau and Line, and they can't win. Um, Arizona. Line, Line doesn't try, dude. I watched a few games like, this year. No, he's. I don't know what his deal is. He's got a he's wicked just, shot. Once in a while, you'll see him make a dart, but I don't yeah. know. He's, he's it's not. Just, it's a lack of. Yeah, he doesn't have the the oomph factor but if you're bedard imagine you're bedard you get drafted first overall you're all excited to make your nhl debut you you run out to the bench you hop on the ice you look around and you're like there's five thousand seats in this place what the, oh, what the hell am i doing here it's poison it's fucking it's poison man. and they can put try to put any shine on it they want oh it's a college like atmosphere yeah because it's a college rink i don't want to i want to play in an nhl atmosphere i want to play at the bell center there or, is you know I'm down there at the odd Growlers game. I went to one before Christmas, the Newfoundland Growlers, Toronto's double affiliate in the East Coast League. 
And it was like teddy bear tossing. You couldn't get another person in the building. And it was a wild atmosphere. They wanted a couple years ago. And I'm looking at that going, this is a wild atmosphere. It's not close to the NHL. And this is more people here than there are watching Phoenix. And they're going crazier here. So even though this isn't the NHL, I can tell the difference I'm looking at. It's East Coast League. Mm -hmm. This is more, there's more energy here than there would be. I'm watching it on TV. At yeah. these Phoenix games, I mean, it's such embarrassing. You know yeah. what? It 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 uh, to, to bring senior it's up. It reeks. Of, it reeks of the WHA at times. You know, because yeah. oh, the WHA they they change teams like I change underwear, right? Like moving franchises yeah. around and stuff like that. It's like the old the, the, your parents always told you to prepare, and uh, they I don't know what the hell the plan was, but but the plan in Phoenix was, oh, we're gonna. Remember they had to rake downtown. We're going to move to Glendale. Everything's going to be okay. Well, it wasn't. Now they're going to move to the other side of town. Everything's going to be okay. I don't even, I I don't keep up with all the changes down in Phoenix, but I remember I played one game there. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. And I remember playing uh, Mike Gartner was there. Keith Kachuk. I remember looking at Gartner because he was on like the tail end of getting 30 goals straight for 15 years and i remember thinking like what makes and and there really was nothing he just went to the right i mean he was he was probably late 30s he was fast and he always was looking for the puck but i was expecting i don't know what i was expecting something uh i i guess him to dominate more but it was just but he got about six shots off that i didn't think he was going to get off and a lot of it with him was speed and hockey iq yeah he wasn't like taking it behind the net on the power play and going around everybody no um but but again i didn't see him much right most of his career that i I remember as a kid he was in washington i didn't see those games until the playoffs happened but anyway i remember playing there i don't know what rink they were in but the one downtown where the, the, the part kind of hung over the ice yeah and you'd watch on tv yeah yeah like i was down Behind the net, I remember I grabbed Kachuk, and we were kind of wrestling. And like above me, the fans wouldn't be able to see it because, yeah, the seats came out further yeah. than than I. That and that was a weird setup. It must have been some. It must have been basketball built rink. It was a basketball rink. So yeah. they've. It, so that was back then when they first got their team. So yeah. I'm going like, at what point did anybody think that this was going to work? Ah, uh, they saw the size of the TV market. It's a top twenty market. But then they, they, they said, if we move it to Glendale, we'll put a sports thing there. And then their excuse is, yeah, but that's too far away. And all the sports fans live on the other side of town. You're telling me all sports fans in Phoenix live in a certain neighborhood? Like they all got together? <laughs> Guys, are you a sports fan? No. Well, you can't move into this neighborhood. Come on. <laughs> it's, like say, it's like saying, you know, we, we put the, all the sports fans in the St. John's area. They all live in Mount Pearl. So, <laughs> but if we built the rink on the wrong side, well, if you're not from Mount Pearl... You know, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. Um, uh, but uh, but that's Batman's baby, so that's 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 his thing. Yeah, I hope it works. If I was a player, I mean, I don't I know. I hope like, it works too. Good all buddy the- Junior, Damon Lankhouse settled down there. Hey, I it's hilarious. They all stay there, and why yeah. wouldn't you? Why wouldn't they, you? They do stay, and yeah. uh, you know, minor hockey there has become great because Absolutely. well, guys like Boston Matthews wouldn't exist if the team didn't go there. Absolutely, and. Uh, you know, a lot of these, from what I hear, Phoenix now is not quite a hotbed, but it, it's got lots of representation. I think three or four guys last year went in the draft. Two went in the first round. Well, I think um, if you're playing novice three, the guy picking up your pucks probably playing the NHL because every guy retires there. They all got to hang around the rink, right? It's not like here where you got in Canada where everybody wants to coach hockey. There precisely. Is, yeah, you know, precisely. You got to be coached by some good players. 
How many points will Connor Bedard get this year? Next year. Next year? Let's put him at over under 75. Around 75. Okay. Yeah. As I'm figuring wherever he's going to go, maybe even more because wherever he's going to go, he's going to get power play time too, right? But that's not like he's going to be going to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, I lost your audio, Terry. You're muted. You muted yourself somehow. Not sure how. There, there you go. Now you're back. Clearly, there's something really touchy. Yeah, I muted myself. Touchy. Yeah, I put him. Uh, he's gonna get. I'd say above seventy-five. That's I. I had him at. I, I didn't know where to start. My buddies asked me. I get a lot of people. I gotta have a better. I, my next question, anyway. Someone did ask me what I thought, and I. It was a good question. So he's so dominant. I haven't seen anybody that dominant in a long time. I don't even know that. I don't even know that McDavid was this dominant at the World Juniors and stuff. Maybe I'm being ignorant. Maybe, but right. I mean, it's hard to be much more right than what he did. I mean, how can you do much more than that? So, yeah. but he's so I find small. The World Juniors are kind of just like a, it's a tease for the average hockey fan. Yeah. Like um, people knew what he was doing in Regina beforehand. But it's good to see him against, you know, USA and stuff like that. But if he's playing Germany or whatever, I'm not going to take much from that game. No. But when he lines up against the Team USA, so, you know, as the year goes on, he's going to face stiffer competition in the dub. And But, yeah, he's the real deal. The shot's lethal. And uh, I just love his story, too. It's just – it's a good story, and man, I would love to see him play for Vancouver. But the Canucks won too many games early on; that was their problem. But it's uh, it's it's fun to it's fun to have that that generational guy, right? That McDavid, that uh, Crosby, Lemieux kind of guy in junior, because it makes the whole bottom bottom thing interesting. And and Montreal, remember they have Florida's pick too, right? Yeah, it's not I, that great. No, and yeah. I I think. No one thought much of that a little while ago, but Florida. Caulfield's out. Caulfield's out. Terry stuff. No Habs. No. No Habs. No. That's what they got to start cheering. That's why I was surprised. I took Penny Lane to that game, and they won in overtime. And the leap scored fifty seconds in. I said, "This is going to be ten to nothing." Yeah, like, yeah. It, right. It seemed like that. It I was thought, good what for a her. Great, what a great game for Penny Lane to go to. I thought, what an awesome. It was game. incredible. And you had her in the alumni lounge. I trust. I had her in the alumni round, and and who was down there? The, Yvonne Lambert? Big as, no, well, Lambert was there. I actually didn't get to talk to him. I was going to go over, and uh, he used to run the restaurant upstairs. I think it was called Ovation. I don't know. My buddy Gilbert Dion was there. Gilbert, Gilbert Dion, big, as, big and bright as the sun. I oh, went in, he, had his, uh, he brought lovely some guy. people over that won a contest. Um, he's living in Kitchener, I believe, and yeah. uh, came over and showed her his Stanley Cup ring. Penny Lane was, like, gawking at the ring for, like, 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The 93 ring's just about the perfect size. I, I was just going to say it to you. I'm like, you know what? That is perfect. It, there's yeah. no – I mean, some of them now open up, and there's – Oh, God. It, there's just so many crazy things. You Can't can store it. things in them. I remember looking at Brad Richards 2004 and – or 2005, and that, that was, to me – it was great, but I'm like, that would be hard to even wear, right? But, I, I mean, I would because it's a Stanley Cup ring. Oh, yeah. But that one's perfect. It got the cup on there. Canadians, your name, diamonds. What else do you need? And you can wear it and not feel like, you know, it's... You know what, uh, you know what I'd do? People ask me if I, I'd wear the cup ring if I want it. I'd get it nose pierced, you know, like that person in 
Like, you know, those person in the Starbucks ad I just saw? Someone's going to do one of those it. nose rings going around. Somebody is going to do it. You know that. Today's, <laughs> one thing about uh, today's world is that, uh, you know, yeah. everything is marketable and all those things. You yeah, almost I'll get a nose ring for the Stanley Cup. If you yeah. did, you would make millions of dollars from it. But you'd be bent over the whole time because the ring's so big, right? Oh, weighing your head over. What is listen? I want to know from from your point of view, what is the biggest change in your forties? Someone asked me that as well, and I don't know what the answer is. I I'm like I don't know because you feel like I bet if I could feel myself now in like. If I could just walk outside in my 23-year-old body, I'd be like, holy shit. But, yeah. I mean, it's gradual. So, And it, they didn't necessarily ask me physically. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the best I could come up with is hangovers are a lot worse. Hangovers are horrible. Um, I got to pee three times a night. That's, that's awful. True. Yeah, that's awful. Um, I think just carrying around extra weight, you know, like it, it'd be like being 23 and going, hey, here's 30 pounds. Walk around with this. <laughs> so you're not as spry. Like, and I think that's the biggest change. It's just it's tougher to tougher to get up and go. When you were a kid, you could get up and go. Now you can't get up and go. But yeah. Three, three peas a night. That's my biggest I hate the, uh, the winter, too. A lot of my... Uh, yes, every year I hate the winter more. Every year you hate the winter more. As, but, as far as the rest of it, I mean, you wake up the same, but yeah, those things. Now, but you're so much smarter. I can't wait to be 85. I'm going to be brilliant. I have. Uh, so when when I say these questions, people ask me because people send me messages. I, I I prefer them on Twitter. Yeah. But and I don't use Twitter much because of the pointed poisonous nature of it, and I. I, I go. I just I stay on there just to keep my account relevant. And once in a while, like I'll forget to go on there for three weeks. It's like you're if you're walking down the street and everyone just started yelling at you. What are you yeah. doing? Why are you wearing that shirt? What are you wearing just that shirt for? Everything is divisive. I put on my Instagram yesterday a skit that we did right now. Yeah, it, I saw it. Yeah, me and my buddy. Yeah, and it's not meant. The 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 point of it. <laughs> is to show that we, we, we you know, in a comedic way that you maybe need to show some tolerance, both sides. It's not right, meant to be right. political one way or the other. Just show that both sides can be a little bit hey, insane and tolerant now. Yeah. But a few people mentioned something about, you know, because I mentioned Joe Rogan in there, and a few yeah. people, like, started giving their opinions. Not many. And I looked, and and it was like, you know, it's Instagram, and I still get random people following, but for some reason it's my platform and there's not as much, there's some poisonous stuff. But if I put that same thing out on Twitter, I just don't oh. even want to look at it or I'll, no. it'll ruin my day. No. I, there's something about it. So I do go on there here and there. And I like the messages coming in because what happens is that I'm not like spitting chiclets or even, I don't know, 32 thoughts or whatever it might be. I, I'm sure that these, the, you know, I'm sure Merrick doesn't get all the questions for the show through his own inbox. Right. right? But I have to deal with that. Right, so, right, right. And when I get up in the morning, I, it, it really is a catch-22. I don't want to get frustrated because these people are paying the bills. Like, do you know the Shorzy? Yeah. Pen? But yeah. I have, Ken, when I get up, I have 100 messages a day that say, like, pitter-patter. Like, if I post something, right. then, you know, people 
respond with that? Like, and I, I don't know if maybe they're thinking that that's unique, but I, I don't remember it because like it's it's a hundred people saying it, and then you know run them up, fill them in. So I'll try to go down and look at those first. So I get up in the morning. This morning there was about a hundred and fifty of yeah. that kind kind of message. Now yeah. then I might get fifteen people that say like what do you think of the Leafs power play? And I'm like, yeah. those are the ones I often answer on here. But even yeah. there, I'm like, you have no idea how little time I have. If you think that I can just go <laughs> and write paragraphs to each individual person. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't know my, I don't know how to manage the messages. And then a lot are most are not. I mean, they're not coming from a bad spot. If they no. are, I don't like that. And I'll block the person, even the ones that say pitter patter or, you know, See, I mute oh, the person. I don't give them the satisfaction of a block. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I, I'm not, you know, I appreciate it all. I just don't know how to manage it. So you can't. That's how do you manage it? And, and if, if some, you know, you get those like hidden requests. I just found that the other day and there's so many. There's, oh, there's yeah, I found requests, that last night. Yeah. And then there's last hidden requests. So um, I go in there and like, I know if I open it. I know the person's going to say, and it might be so nice, Ken. I, like some of them make me cry. They're so nice. Like, especially I just did a thing on Todd Gillingham. So many nice messages. But someone yes. might say, Ken, they, they make, in my hidden request, Terry, I love the show. I love what you're doing. Um, I appreciate it. It really hits home. Um, you seem like my kind of guy. I'd love to have a beer someday. Now, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I, that's why I like doing these events because you meet these people person to person. But I know when I open that message and say, thanks a lot, now yeah. I got a conversation started. And yeah. then they'll get back to me immediately and say, what do you think of this? Or this is right. my favorite Buddy Holly song. I heard you talking about him. And I'll go, okay, like, here's another play. And now, so what happens is that on top of the 115 messages I get, say, in the morning of just <laughs> now uh, just responding, now I'll have 500 a week. I'm serious. I'm serious here. Holy 500 geez. a week. And I, I, I feel bad saying, look, dude, I don't have the time. How do you... You must get get emails or I don't, get, I don't like get near as many as you do. If I was you, I'd just go right here. Look, I appreciate your, all your messages. If I don't get back to you, it's nothing personal. Um, yeah, embrace I the good. I feel so bad, bad saying that, man. I feel so bad because there are only people like, like I, me that are hockey fans, right? But I, I can't deal as, with it. I don't get as many as you, obviously. But if I get a nice one, I say thank you. If I get a bad one, I ignore it. If I get something that's constructive, maybe I'll learn from it. But you know, I get all kinds of garbage ones, all kinds of good ones, but obviously I like the good ones more than the bad ones. Um, I figured you get a lot because of the position that you're in. I mean, also, also, I mean, you have, I, I mean, it, for people that write in, um, uh, you also, again, Twitter is like, if you walk down the street and everyone just started screaming at you. So I, the advice I would give you, Terry, is whose opinion do you value? So listen to those ones. But yeah. when people write you something nice, they definitely deserve a thank you. And I know they give, you give them a thank you. But if people are writing pitter-patter, that just means they're a big fan. They just want to send that to you. That's good, too. The pitter-patter is kind of like a, a verbal high-five. It's high kind of like a high-five. So I'll get back yeah. with a high-five. That's what I do. I open it. I get right. back with a high-five. And <laughs> See, sometimes, Ken, sometimes. But I would, also, I would also, if I were you, um, if you get too caught in it, I would set a time limit. I'd say, okay, I'm going to take 15 minutes from 9 to 9.15 and I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to take half an hour, 9 to 9.30, I'm going to deal with it. And then after that, I'm not looking at my mentions for the rest of the day. If I mention, if I miss some, I miss some. It's like some, if you're playing. It, it, uh, it creates stress, Austin, right? 
Right. If you're Austin Matthews, I'm sure you get a bazillion fan letters. Yeah, I can't imagine being someone like that. You probably answer some. On some, you probably unfortunately can't get to. So you're only one man, TR. So what also happened, you see, what happened is that I had people listening to this, and I, I, I don't really remember, but say a year ago, I probably had 10,000 followers. Now I got 40 because of the Shorzy, right? So sure. I, I kept, and I would always answer all of them. It wouldn't be, and then sure. I realized, okay, there's a level here that, Hey, when uh, one guy, one guy from up there from Ontario. Okay. Yeah. I could tell there was something off, but yeah. anyway, he's, I'm a big fan. I love you following your dad and everything. And then he said, you know, he started to get into, you know, I used to play and I got fucked over. He's from Newfoundland. He moved to Ontario. I got fucked over. And, and then it was like, fucked. And then he'd send me messages drunk. Fuck them. Uh, I'm me and you are the only two best players ever from Newfoundland. And I was like, okay, <laughs> now what have I, you know what he did? Ken, he goes, he offered me his girl. He said, look, you can, he said these words. He said, you can fuck my girlfriend. I'll fly her over there for you. You don't even have, and I was like, God damn it. Like, what have I done here? Yeah, and then, I never get a message like that. Well, I, it's, dude, dude, I, trust me, this, I didn't take him up on it. I don't want to see this guy. He scares me. But then, you know, he said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to fly over. And I'll drop in. And I guess because people know where my dad lives. I just never really thought about it. Right. Like, you know, well, I just again, toss it out. Again, you got to put a limit right? on it and you know <laughs> who you're dealing with. Because, listen, we're buddies, but and it's nice to meet someone through through Twitter, but you're, uh, you're opening up your whole world to people that you don't know, right? It's like yeah. uh, Eminem song, Stan. That's what that it, sounds it like. Really, well, this particular you know case Stan? it is, yeah. Hey, yeah. dude, one guy flew over here. He said, I'm going to be in town. Um, I need you to sign some stuff, okay? I need you to sign some stuff. So I said, sure. So then he goes, I'll call you. So I was just down, like it was Friday. I'll call so I thought, well, which was weird. I said text. I did. He said, yeah, I'll give you a call. And I just, if I, I don't mind talking on the phone, I'm not, but I, if I don't know you and that's weird. I, I just, if I'd never met you and I don't know you at all, I don't really want to take the call right off the bat. At least tell me your name or, so anyway, I, I, I figure, but I, in person, fine. That's why I like, like when you said Hockey Day in Canada, people are out, and oh, I love fine. these events because I'll do exactly. it all day long, talk one on one. I'd re much rather that. So, anyway, I'm downtown. I thought he meant like Friday, like I do. I go downtown for a few beers, yeah. uh, have some appies. I usually go down solo and then meet because I know where all my buddies are down there, right? I know tonight, tonight actually, I got to meet somebody for about a half hour, so I'll have a bite at Merchant Tavern. And they'll go on, and I'll make my way over to Green Sleeves, TJ's. I know I'll run into some friends. I'll have a decent little night out of it. Maybe watch whatever game's on and come home. Yeah. I thought that's what he was referring to. So he says, okay, I'm here. And I was sitting in Merchant Tavern having a beer. And he said, can you come do it? And I'm like, what? And, and so he's like, no. He flew here just just on a turnaround, and he was at the airport. So I felt bad. I'm like, geez, I'm he half on you now. to go meet him at the airport? I took a cab to the airport. Yeah, then I you're get a very there. nice man. Then I get there, can't, but I'm not expecting this. Then I get there, and he has two scrapbooks worth of pictures, like Shorzy stuff. Uh, he has jerseys, and I'm going, what? And he's like, well, I, I, I guess I should offer you money for your tie. I said, I thought you wanted me to come and sign a book or, or a shirt or something. So I, anyway, I, I didn't know what to do. He goes, I got $200 on me. And I was like, you know, how long? I was out there for an hour. And then he goes, this well, I, like a, you should have done a paid signing. Well, now, now that I realize that, I'm actually 
another guy asked me recently, and I'm going to meet him in Sudbury. I don't even know. I, I think I've landed at a decent price. He's going to sell everything that I'm signing. But yeah, I didn't hey, know that. I didn't see it coming, Ken. I'm just looking at it from a, fa- right. a hockey fan. You want to sign my rookie card? Yeah, this guy's a hockey fan. I figured, of course, you like the Habs, so do I. Boom, I'll come out. Do you, you know, if, if you had access to <laughs> fucking. But I didn't realize that. He flew in here for that reason. He flew anyway. in to get a bunch of stuff signed by you to sell. And when he said, I'm going to be there on Friday, I thought he meant like he was in town and with work at a conference or something. He literally meant, I'm going to be there. I said, I'm going to be downtown. He said, well, I got a couple hours on Friday. I thought he meant he was going to drop in and see me and like Where's sign up. Book. What? Where was he from? Western Canada. Yeah. What? He was from Western Canada. Buddy, he flew you, over here. I don't know. Maybe his wife's a stewardess. You maybe are the Dosecki's man. I swear to God, you are the Dosecki's man. You and Senior. It's like was, unreal. You got to write. You could write a book a week. It was so weird. Yeah, it was so first, weird. First paid signing randomly at St. John's Airport. And not only that, it gets when we were in Boston. And uh, yeah, so just a couple months ago, like I don't think I think like I'm just out having a good time. Yeah. And I needed a ride home. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of went out after the burn. There was no cabs or nothing. So um, this this dude was there and another guy. And he's like, yeah, I'll give you a ride home. Cool. I mean, I knew he knew, kind of knew what shores he was. But then we're going. He's like, on the way, we got, and I don't know where I am, man. And I'm not, I'm outside of Boston. I, yeah. And he's like, uh, I, he said, yeah, I, I, we, we just got to stop into a house first. So then I went in like a trophy. I didn't know that. And I went in and I get, it's good that there's Shorzy fans and it's the nice that I'm having gone. a beer. Right. But I don't, and there was shit going on too. There was shit going on. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't really want to be seen. Yeah. It's good that I'm here, but there are things happening here that if a right. picture gets taken and it's in the background, even yep. I'm putting my, and you didn't say anything about this. Right. Well, and then we're we in are. the car, and I'm like, "Is that guy drinking while he's fucking driving?" Like, well, I'm going, but that's it. I'm just trust, and I'm thinking, I'm not thinking from that angle. That see, I think it sounds weird, but like you got a little bit of the the TV fame going here. Like you're a little bit of a Bieber now, so now you got to be like, and I okay, don't see that at all. Right, people, that's lost on me. People aren't just doing you a favor because to be nice, they're doing you a favor because you're sh- you're Ted Hitchcock, and they right? want and the they want to show Ted Hitchcock off. Right, yeah, which can be fun, but there's right. a time and a place. Right, like if you and me go out for a, a Pepsi and seniors there, we're hanging out. But if some guy sees senior, they're like, "Oh my God, it's senior from from uh, you know TR's yeah. podcast and from freaking spitting chicklets." And they want to take senior over and drink with him and take pictures with him and have senior, whereas we just want to talk to your dad. Right? Yeah, senior is, and you know what? Speaking but senior of that, would freaking love it. Well, that's that's his thing. It's kind of our thing. That's why I, I right, just right. kind of so, I'm not so, ready. I'm like a deer in the headlights sometimes. Like I just. Is, but Tr, listen, that goes back to what we were saying off the top. Like if you're authentic and all that stuff, and you're confident enough. So your thing has always just been uh, having a few pops. Your buddies would come over and have a few pops with your dad on Friday night. But now the world has seen how magical that is, and it's almost like it's your jobs now to to appear in Buffalo. Totally. And, at a road hockey tournament or in Vegas at a road hockey tournament. And it's like, what are you going to do? And it's like, we're just going to have a couple of beer with senior and everybody wants to come over and just do that. Yes. And right? you know, so what? all these, all this time you've been searching for what's this, what's the magical antidote. And the whole time you realize, Oh my God, it's, it's just me. I just gotta <laughs> yeah. be me. Yeah, I guess so. No? That's one way to look at it. And you yeah. know what? 
it is fun when people come to town and a lot of the, most people, yeah, are just hockey fans. And they, we, you know, the last, the last 20 people to come down in the basement yeah. knew are complete strangers. This, this really? happens oh complete. They'll just, they'll be in town and I'll be Listen, like downtown. As and an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, yeah. could I honestly think you guys could charge yeah. five grand for a night in seniors basement? Like, you know, five, I, you and I, 10 buddies are here from six to midnight. There you go. How, how would we market it? I wonder. Market it right now on the podcast. Okay. Would oh, you yeah. and 10, okay. would you and nine friends like to have, uh, uh, the, a night in seniors' basement. The cost five thousand dollars. Miller Lite will be provided. Miller Lite stories and a green and a green. Each participant will get unlimited Miller Lite and their own green house coat to party with Terry Ryan Senior. I'm gonna say first month. Let's say three thousand. No, no. Set your price. Set Look your at price. you. Yeah, I'm I'm terrible at that too. Set I know I've undersold myself. Set your price. And if somebody does, if some listen. If ten guys don't want to pay the five thousand, you don't do it. But if they do, you do. I'm telling you. And you Talk know, with if your I, buddy do Biz. I do. Talk with Biz. You guys can line that up. A night in the basement. Okay, so I'm saying it right now. I'm saying it right now. If you're out there and you actually want to come into the basement, there you go. As uh, well, Ken Reed's saying it. Five thousand bucks. We'll provide the booze, and. Uh, Stories. I mean, the stories take care of themselves, and it it, it is a museum. It's, it's it, the best. If you didn't even know where you were going, if you if you just passed through, it's worth something. And mark and you're this right. off the top of the podcast when you go back to do the re-recording, right? With the, the, like you got to go back and do a re-recording and say, "Listen, it's an it's a it's an offer to spend an evening with senior." That's a thing. I'm telling you, you guys could market that right, right now. I was laughing at first, but I think I'm going to do it. I'll do a little like, folks, if you'd like, spend an evening with Terry Ryan Jr. and Terry Ryan Sr. from 6 o'clock until close. Close will be 3 in the morning. Um, <laughs> might as well. Might as well give the people what they want. That's right. Uh, you know, shoot me a note at boom, boom, boom. Come up with a new email. I think that's what I got to do, by the way. Just business email. Get back to these people and just come up with a new email and maybe mm -hmm. say, Hit me up there. Then I then I would really the anxiety that I have getting back to that, I don't want to keep dwelling on it, but it's because it's my personal inbox on Instagram. So like I often miss important messages from my actual friends that's because just of it. it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. the stress in it. I yeah. that's why I think because no matter what way I say it, it sounds pompous, you know, don't answer messages, but just that's tell your buddies call me or text me. Don't true enough. True me. enough. And when I'm when this is why like I love these events and I love doing them. I'm looking forward to the Wendell Clark because people get more out of the personal thing anyway. Right. Um, and, you know, if they're normal and they offer me their girlfriend, then it's a lot different. Yeah, and most people probably don't want to come like <laughs> meet you in the airport, right? They probably just like, oh, Terry Ryan's in town. I'll go meet him. Can you imagine? Yeah, come out to the airport and he had it all lined up. Two full scrapbooks full of hockey cards. Like how many items did you sign? 300. Jesus Christ, Terry, that's a paid signing. Guys get paid a lot of money to do this. And he, the way he went about it, he goes, yeah, I should have. I know. And he, and he put, pulled money out. He goes, oh, I think I've got $200. I'm like, man, fuck. You, I, wish you I should have taken. I mean, it's worth 500 an hour anyway. You're going to sell you it all. You should have got two grand for that. It's my stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm, you're, I'm signing it because you're going to go sell it. I didn't see that angle. I mean, they used to do it 
pulling up in the bus in the NHL. Sure, but if a guy puts 300 items in front of you. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. I signed that. It wasn't all big stuff. Probably like 10 jerseys. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And he had the Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs jerseys, which you couldn't buy at the time. Oh, he's selling those. Okay, so you got to talk to the boys next time you do an alumni event. Get Get the skinny. Yeah. I do. I never That's thought true. about that before, and I've always said yes because I'm like, you yeah. know, that whole. I remember people like charging for their autograph, and 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 people used to complain. But now I look back, I'm like, I, I know why they were charging for the autograph because they're going to go resell it. It's yeah. not like the kid asked me to sign their hat in no. Goose Bay. I didn't charge for it. You know, we're up there doing a not. charity event. Of course not. But of course not. This Listen, guy. If, if a guy asks you to sign a couple cards, big whoop. But if he shows up with three hundred. He's probably going to do something with the card. Yeah, probably. And I I should have known, just like an idiot, just fell off the turnip ah, truck. Live and learn, Ted Hitchcock. Live and learn. Live and learn. Uh, good parting words. Do you have anything else? Do you have anything to plug, Ken? Because we've been on an hour and eight minutes, and I've well, got to go do a few auditions, and you've got to go to Sportsnet. Uh, if anyone's desperate for a Twitter follow, I'm at Reed, K-E-N-R-E-I-D, on Twitter at KenReedSportsNet. Uh, books are available on Amazon, wherever you buy your books. I'm on Sportsnet every night, and I'm working on a new book that'll be out in the fall of 2023 that will have a nice Newfoundland connection for you, Terry Ryan, and you are actually in it, so I don't need to tell you about it. You gave me a fantastic interview about one of your childhood heroes, uh, wonderful guy, Robbie Forbes. That's what, Listen, of all the books you've done, and I love... What I love about your books is the personal connections that you make and that you can draw from when you read them. This seems like one of those cases. You you must have had a good time uh, writing this, no? Had had a blast doing it. The the working titles home the hockey heroes from coast the I think it's called hockey heroes from coast to coast the hockey hero next door, and it's just about uh, local guys who were hockey heroes for small town fellows like us growing up. I told a couple guys about it in. Oh, and sound. They're like, that guy right there. So every town has a guy. So it's pretty cool. Um, and you know what I didn't realize? I did not realize Dennis Marouk had almost 140 points, man. He has. Uh, no, I mean, day, in one year. He had 130-something points in one year. 136. To this day, Dennis holds the single-season points record for the Washington Capitals. 136 points. It's not it, Alexander That, that part fascinate, fascinate, fascinates me. I never yeah. would have said it in a million years. Guys like would, would never. come up. So, so many players would come up before before his name to me, and I, I should have known the difference because you said it, and I knew that that he had sixty, but I didn't yeah. know that he was as disrespected as a player because that he he had decent stats forever. Like it wasn't like the way it was explained to me it was like I don't know, just out of nowhere, someone getting lucky and having 60 goals no, uh i never matter. heard that he had 130 odd points till so i read 136 the points uh he's the highest scoring capital single season record and speaking of disrespect dennis had about 878 points in 888 games which is pretty incredible but also he did that while in minnesota after his washington days they didn't play him get this you'll love this quick one montreal form Dennis Marouk, healthy scratch. Another guy comes up. He's a healthy scratch. And they're both like, what's going on here? Guess who the other healthy scratch was who? for Minnesota? Kent Nielsen. Wow. The magic one the, man. One of the most underrated players of the 80s. Oh, like we talk about Trevor Zegris now. Kent Nielsen was Trevor Zegris in 1984. And they're healthy scratching him. So 
That's why the Minnesota North Stars were the Minnesota North Stars in 1984. But the game was different then, right? But, man, if I'm in the Montreal Forum and I got Dennis Marouk and Kent Nielsen at my behest, I'm playing them. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, did, he, at, did he look, seem bitter when he was telling the story? Uh, not really. There was some, but not a lot. But, you know, like kind of like, I don't know what they were doing there. I don't know yeah. why. I wouldn't say bitter, but... Look at Dennis's point totals from the playoffs in like I, I want to say eighty-four or eighty-five. It's something like fifteen points in four games. It's just ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Speaking of Washington Capitals that took off in the playoffs, can you remember in the early John 90s? Drews. John Drews. That's yeah. now that's when I I would be watching TV and you'd be watching the Habs of the Leaps game and yeah. the, the updates would come over and it'd always be John Drews. <laughs> yeah. I remember going like, and the, the, I looked that now, now that was lightning in a bottle. Yeah, it was. The, we get the way Marouk was explained to me until yes. you was that yeah. that was lightning in a bottle, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It right? wasn't. He, he scored 50 one year. Then he got 60 the next. He got 30 as a rookie. Um, yeah. Dennis can score at, at the uh, quick John Drews one. We get a place in Wellington. They have a junior A team, the Wellington Dukes. So I go check them out. Their head coach, John Drews. Hi, Penny Lane. Hi. <laughs> she just got in from school, and now it's time for what? Volleyball, soccer, or basketball? Soccer. Whitecaps. Soccer. Whitecaps, she says. Awesome. Uh, so that's it. We got to take off. I'm running out of time. I appreciate you doing this, Ken. Hi to your family, and we'll yes. talk again soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye. See you, brother. That was my buddy, Ken Reed, as you all know. And um, sometimes I, I said to Ken, maybe a half hour, maybe an hour. It's been an hour and 15. Time's always, time always slips away when you're having fun. You know what I mean? So thanks for tuning in. And we will have Andrew Shaw. We'll have him on next week. Um, I know you all like to hear from Ken. So he's my go-to in situations like this. Thanks again, Ken, the killer Reed. Folks, if you're downtown St. John's and you want to have a beer, why not? Check out Trinity Pub. TJ's Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, Greensleeves Pub, Bull and Barrel and Martini Bar. If you're going to have a bite to eat, why not the Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water and Wedgwood Cafe. If you want to work out for strength and balance in the body and mind, go to Rope Walk Lane Power Conditioning. I can attest to it. It is absolutely phenomenal and changed my life for the better. Mr. Lube, two locations, Torbay Road and Kenmount Road. Live, laugh, lube. Pitbull Pain Relief, pitbullpainrelief.com. Pain Relief sticks that I can say from personal experience are second to none. They really help with the aches and pains, to say the least. True hockey, take what's yours. Folks, this has been episode 139B of Tales with TR featuring Ken the Killer Reed. Thanks, Ken. I'll be back in just a few days with another story with another guest. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you on The Rebound.